0: Someone asked me, how could I pay it forward to people of color? And I said, this is how you do it, what you're doing right now. I said, you're talking to somebody of color. Don't look for the expansive. I want to reach a thousand people by donating. Start with the people you know. Give them resources to things that you know. And then you will empower them to pay it forward to people that they know.
1: Hi, and welcome back to People Be Begin The podcast designed to help you find your purpose and unblock the blocks with creative tips and tools. And I'm your host, Christina Barcy. And for the past few weeks, we've been talking about authenticity and our related fears to being our authentic selves. And it made perfect sense for me to bring on a good friend of mine who has been on a journey of authenticity for a little while now. And has leaned in further after the passing of his father and has built an entire platform to talk about it and to find ways to be kinder to ourselves and others as we go along on this journey of seeking authenticity. His name is Brandon Wade and his platform is called Pay It Forward. And I found a really great excerpt, it's by Bryant and Stratford College, which they published a blog about the meaning of pay it forward, and I just wanted to read a little excerpt from it. The pay it forward movement is not a new concept. According to Wikipedia, it dates all the way back to 317 BC, where it was used as a key plot concept for a play in ancient Athens. There are small documented events of the pay it forward notion throughout history, The simplest way to define pay it forward is that when someone does something for you, instead of paying that person back directly, you pass it on to another person instead. And one of the easiest examples of this is buying a coffee for the person in line behind you at the coffee shop, and then they buy a coffee for the person behind them, and so on and so on. And what is the point of all of this? Why do so many people live their lives according to the pay it forward principle? Well, it has been proven that acts of kindness build exponentially in a community and because people believe that one good deed deserves another. So here is my friend, Brandon Wade. Welcome.
0: It is great to be on here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yay. I'm glad you're here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we can finally get to talk about some of these um really authentic, really meaningful topics and, you know, I love your show and. I'm really just happy to be on. So you know, we'll see what we come up with.
1: Yay! I'm excited. I'm so glad to have you on. I've asked you for uh, a little time now, yeah, and I think yeah. now's the right time, though. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's My, a good time.
1: Yeah, I'm actually glad we waited because um, you fit right into the topic I moved into recently. Every, I mean, I feel like everything I talk about here is essentially about being authentic. It's at mm-hmm. the core, but talking about it in a way very directly is is you know, a little different. And when
0: you, when you told me that you were doing a subject on authenticity, I was like, that is fantastic because that is not only my lane. That's literally what I'm doing right now. Like that's my whole purpose. So I was like, thank you. Like this is perfect alignment.
1: So good. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about how Brandon and I know each other and how we met. So we met while I was working to capture an event for a podcasting client and Brandon was suggested uh, to volunteer to be on my team that day. And, and, and of course, he did a fantastic job. He was a great interviewer <laughs> and really helped um, me do what I needed to do and capture what I needed to capture. And, and of course, we hit it off pretty much immediately, I think. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. much off that day.
1: Yeah. And then we were... <laughs> We kind of got in trouble for chatting a lot on the sidelines. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You know what, though, that was facts. That did that did happen. We did People get were shushed. At
1: <laughs> we got shushed by the event directors, and uh, I realized that we also had a very similar sense of humor at the yeah. time. And that's probably the laughing. I think is what goddess. Uh, Yeah,
0: I I think that was it. Like once I I started to think about it, too, when we were doing our production, I was just like, I probably shouldn't be laughing or doing it this much in a professional setting. Right. Probably
1: Probably not the best look for me on the first day on the job with my brand new client. Right,
0: right, 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 right.
1: (laughs) But I don't know. I knew I knew it was worth it and it would be fine because after that we we forged a nice friendship yeah. over dms on instagram
0: yeah right and that was... uh, i
1: got to really learn more about you
0: yeah it was um it was one of those i guess you'd say expected but unexpected friendships you know where you just know that you resonate with somebody and you know you're not really concerned about culture lines or anything like that you just know that the person instinctually is probably gonna get you and understand you and i just felt like we clicked and i really vibe with your you know your your sense of wanting to be open and real about who you were, And I was just like, yeah, we're definitely going to be friends. And I, I've always appreciated that.
1: I love that. Thank you for that. But through that process, I got to really learn more about you and your journey and what you're working on. And and we talk about authenticity a lot. And I learned that you had a radio show and that's now a podcast. And we're going to put all of that in the show notes for, for the listener there. And you can click on it and listen and check it out. And it's really, really honest, honest, raw, Real experiences that you're sharing there, so I think that's awesome.
0: Yes, thank you.
1: Yeah, it's it's valuable and and it's transparent. And I love I love when people are transparent because it's yeah. truth. It's like helps us all normalize. It helps us see ourselves for for what it is and, and that yeah. it's okay. You know that you're not the only one, and all of that stuff is so important. Yeah,
0: yeah, especially that thinking, understanding that you know it's okay to. Be wherever you you are. And that's one reason, like you said, you know, I love transparency and I thought about that and I said, well, yeah, that's probably what was going to draw us together. I'm a believer that everybody kind of resonates with the people that we're supposed to be connected with at that time. And so wherever it is on your journey, your friend's kind of supposed to, to kind of connect you with that. And so when I saw that we were on that same kind of tip about being transparent, I was like, oh, this is somebody that not only can I gain something from, that maybe we'll help each other. So I was I was really hype about it.
1: Oh, definitely. Same here. It's it's really heartwarming whenever we do get to exchange words. And yeah, it does feel open. It always feels rich and full in terms of, um, depth and all of that. And, and that's, that's my lane. So, (laughs) (laughs) so on that note, Brandon, can you tell us what your definition of pay it forward is as well as what inspired you to create that specific platform?
0: Absolutely. It's one of my favorite stories to tell. I um <laughs> I guess I can say I inherited it from my dad. My dad was always a storyteller and he always had people fascinated with his stories and I feel that I feel the same way about the way that I tell my stories and so you guys will be a good judge of that whether I'm a good storyteller or not. But pay it forward uh to, to, to elaborate on what it, it means to me. It is very similar to the definition you gave and the person gave about One person being in line with someone else and before you get up to the counter, you find out that the coffee or whatever has already been paid for and then they say at the counter, well, all the person wants you to do is pay it forward to someone else. There's something about the act of inspiration that comes when something's done for you that you didn't ask for or expect. And I know what that feeling is like having experienced some things through my life and i've even had some meals be paid for me in places there were some times where i was a a student and you know i was as a student you know sometimes in my life i'm in a better place now but i was barely getting by in in just you know having to provide and do food and stuff like that and there was one time i was sitting down to eat breakfast just because i decided that i was going to do it and i was budgeting what i had and i went and they gave me the receipt and i said you know all right uh, you know i'll go on and do this and they said oh no so your food was already paid for and i was like what and they were just like, "Yeah, your food's already paid for." It. it said the woman that was in the back; she saw you and she paid for your food, and she just left. <laughs> and I was, I was stunned. Wow! And I thought about the feeling that I felt from an action like that. Now, my food may, may maybe only costed you know thirteen or fourteen dollars, but it wasn't about the food; it was about the action. It was about the intent, and the intent of paying it forward reaches a lot farther than the action. What you do with $10 and paying it forward to somebody, might they might remember that for the rest of their lives. And it's the intent that comes behind paying something forward, and it's an inspiration. Like the the quote says that, you know, one good deed deserves another. It's something about the momentum that comes with that. So in paying it forward, meaning that to me, I can honestly say that that's not how pay it forward started for me. Pay it forward in essence started as kind of a a gimmick thing that I did. It was a challenge for me uh, in one of my in my 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 ending years at PCC, which is where I go to school, is Pasadena City College. is in my ending year of of going there. My dad was in the middle of stage four cancer, and it was pretty likely that he was going to pass away. And I remember. Looking for something to challenge myself because I just couldn't be around the house, you know, he was in a lot of pain. He was, you know, he was doing his best to not really show how much pain he was in, but I could just tell and I just really didn't want to be around the house all the time. So... I was looking for things to challenge myself, and so I decided to take on a radio show because at PCC, they have an online radio station, and it's like a fully equipped radio station, so we get a chance as students to do our own radio show after we've gained enough experience. So I said, you know what? Let me just find something that would be interesting. The main thing that came to mind was I said, what could I talk about for an hour? If no one was on the show with me, if it was just me, what could I talk about for an hour, and what came to me was positivity. And I said, Okay, great. You know, well, what do I want to call it? I'm a person who likes creative names. So I was like, Well, I don't want to just do some like positivity hour with Brandon. That's not creative at all. And I'm like, I don't want to do anything like that and do something cheap. I said, I want to do something that is going to be, I'm going to feel good about it being attached to me. And then the name just came to me, Pay It Forward. And I was like, Oh, I can talk about positive things because people are not talking about positive things. I can talk about positive things people are doing around the school and that'll be my way of paying it forward to the school for all the things that they've done for me.
1: Oh wow. That's yes. very that's really rooted in gratitude.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's funny because that's that's the first iteration of why I started pay it forward. But the authenticity journey didn't really start until after my dad died. Um, I started Pay It Forward, I think, in in uh, January of 2019. I believe that's when I started Pay It Forward. Uh, and I started it as it was a show on Lancer Radio Network, which is the school uh, school's radio station. And so it was rooted in gratitude. I was speaking nothing but just pure positivity. I was getting finding people online, people that wanted to be involved. I had some call-in guests. I had some really good guests around the school. I was even able to interview our dean that had just transferred over for the TVR department ironically is who was the person that connected me with 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 you uh, our dean lisa reinhardt or lisa she gets she gets super mad when she's you know she don't like shout out, he's, out he's, to lisa shout out to lisa she's my she's old mentor sure. as
1: well my mentor she's made when sure i was in community college yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: and she she connected us after i i interviewed her and we had a really good conversation and Pay It Forward was just about me promoting positivity. Whoever was positive around the school, I wanted to tell everybody about it. And it was great. And I was having this thing. But I found myself deep down not really feeling connected with myself. Even though I was talking a lot of positivity, a lot of gratitude, I would have this rush of energy for an hour. And then I would just feel like, okay, you talked about positivity for an hour, but your dad's still dying. Mm. And all the things I was doing was just trying to distract myself. Then in April, mid-April, he finally died. And I suddenly realized that I didn't have the same energy to carry Pay It Forward as I did before, doing the same things I did. I wasn't interested in just doing gimmicks and things like that. And I found out that a lot of what I was doing, as well-intentioned as it was, it wasn't as authentic as I thought it was. It was Mm. just a way that I was... Coping, And I started to have to be honest about that. So as time began to transpire, as more time began to pass, I started to think, well, what could I really continue to talk about without being fake and and dishonoring my journey? So it became less about positivity and then it started to become more about authenticity. But the root still became the same. Taking my authentic journey, paying it forward. To the people and the main question I began to ask myself was what do I have to give people if I don't have positivity to give them because that's what I was giving people for and I'm just like well what do I have I said I don't think they want to hear about me feeling sad and upset and confused and all of the things that come with someone dying in your life I don't think they want to hear about that and it occurred to me that that's probably exactly what they want to hear because, so how did you, sorry yeah. to interrupt here, but no, no
1: worries. how did you make that realization? Because my next question was actually going to ask you this, what the pivotal Great. moment was for you and, and what made you go basically switch from positivity to authenticity. What was it that helped you understand that that is exactly what people wanted to hear?
0: That is a good question. I cannot define the exact day that I had this pivotal moment, but I know that it was sometime in the May before my season, my first season of pay it forward ended. And I think maybe as I was going into the summer, I started to think about closing out the show and what I was going to do. Cause I was still focused on just trying to get guests and still mm-hmm. kind of trying to keep the same positive energy. And so no, actually it wasn't around May. It was after the summer and I decided that I was going to go back and I started to think about what I really wanted to do in my life. My dad was a defining factor in my life. I had never known any days without my dad. And so now that he was gone, I was like, well, what do I actually want to do with my life? Like, what do I actually want to do? And I had been taking full-time classes just because the pressure was on me to take full-time classes. But now I didn't have that pressure anymore. And I was like, what do I want to do?
1: So was it coming from your dad to to have a full schedule and to pursue something specific? In many ways, yes. Was there a lift of... It sounds almost like there was some freedom.
0: There was freedom. There was, it was, my dad was like a a weight on my shoulder. Uh, Mm -hmm. There were a lot of expectations that I have had throughout my life. And pretty much most of them came from my dad. He expected Mm -hmm. me to do this. He expected me to be the greatest at whatever I did. And he expected me to he it was all about his expectations and so right. he expected me to be going full time to school because that was the only reason he wasn't hounding me about having a job was because I was going to school full time
1: okay i see yeah, yeah. and we're going to dig in further yeah, yeah. about that that exact relationship about expectation with with you and your father
0: just to clarify this though it was at the end of summer that i decided i would be robbing myself to do a show that is not going to touch me anymore. And it was right around August, like the end of August. And I was like, I'm, I want to do radio. I still want to do pay it forward. And I want to do it in a way that's not going to feel constrained. That's not going to feel like I have to follow a certain topic. I want to not create a persona. I want to bring myself into this show.
1: And you were discovering yourself. In yes, the and I was
0: discovering absolutely. And I didn't want to lie. I felt like if I had continued along that path of just speaking about positivity, it would have been, it would have been dishonest. And I gave myself the opportunity at that moment. I said, you know what, I want to do this. I'm going to try it because if I try it and no one's interested in listening, at least I know that I've done something that is truly coming from my heart. I, there's no way that I'll have any regrets about sharing anything that's from my heart. And if people don't listen to that, then I'm okay with that, because I know I was sharing from an authentic place.
1: Yes, it seemed like it was a really, like that sounds like the pivotal moment to me, like this moment, this realization of understanding that you, you get to finally speak from your voice and from a place that matters to you and it may or may not resonate and that's okay. And the reality is, is that it will when, when we speak from that place, it will. And you were trusting that. And it also sounds to me and, you know, we can talk about this, correct me if I'm wrong, but like that, it, it it almost sounds like you discovered that honesty and truth and your heart were was, is a core value of yours of something that it, it's very important that you maybe weren't able to exercise before this.
0: That's very accurate, actually. It it was my first realization of something that uh, this year I've actually done some work around that and discovered that that is my absolute one, number one core value. I've literally written it down. It's authenticity. Wow. It's my number one core value. It's the value that I desire out of every relationship I have. It's the number one value I desire in myself. But that was the, probably the pivotal moment that I realized that.
1: Mm-hmm. And you got to speak as yourself. That what yeah. did that feel like the first time you did you that?
0: You know, it felt a bit. It, it did feel scary at first, but then I started to feel wider. If you in a sense, I started to feel less constrained. I started to feel like I was. Pay it forward was my show, and that I wasn't someone hosting. Pay it forward. It was was ownership around that. Yes, it was was an actual sense of ownership around my show. And that's how I feel now is that it's a platform and it's my platform and my show. And I did not feel that prior to this point. Before it was just like I'm someone who is hosting a show on Lancer Radio and that show happens to be called Pay It Forward. And at this point, Pay It Forward is my show and a personal part of my platform and my journey.
1: And I think you've done a really good job in aligning that for others because I very easily and immediately associate it with you and who you are. And it's, it's very <laughs> in a way that's like, you know, people talk about branding as if it's a dirty word, like marketing and branding. But at the end of the day, all that is, is just aligning all of your things in, into one, into something that feels like, especially if it's coming from a core, right? A core value. Then, it then the, you're just like lining things up to be like, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. That's what branding is. Absolutely and
0: absolutely that's
1: what brandon is
0: (laughs) brandon branding we are on the right track already we we started on the right track we had the first five letters down
1: yeah you're on your way already yeah but truly like it's very easy to to assimilate those two things you and and pay it forward to me it's like I, i can't walk around and see that phrase and not think of you
0: that means a lot, and that means that I. It means that the authenticity that my relationship with God and all these things have has connected with is showing, and it's starting to present itself now. And that's that's really good because when I started out, that's the scary thing about authenticity is you go, "Holy crap, what am I doing? This is not what we do." And you normally will think that I know that I for sure have thought this is absolutely not. This can't possibly work. And then it works. And I'm like, it worked. <laughs> but it, but it's, it's, it's like rearranging the order. The order is what means the most to me first and how does that affect others as opposed to how does it affect others and then what does it mean to me?
1: I love that because it is that the check-in with yourself is so important. Ourselves, I should say, like who, the, you know what's going on inside because I, I really do believe that if we're listening to that truth inside of us, that, intu- that intuitive place, that's that our body knows and our gut knows and our inspiration knows and our all of that works yeah. together. Yeah, and if we pay attention to that, I have a really hard time believing anything can go wrong. You might yeah. trip and fall or make mistakes or, or I should say we or I might trip and fall and make mistakes and do things that feel uncomfortable yeah. sometimes painful sometimes you know they feel tragic but at the end of the day every journey I've been on where came from that place ended up being the most aligned, best thing, expansive thing, successful thing I've ever done that I can look back on and feel like zero regret. And even, even the quote unquote mistakes, which I kind of don't believe in mistakes, but.
0: (laughs) I completely, no, I completely agree with that. And, and, and especially about when you know that you've done it from that authentic place that place of abundance inside of you and it's there's no regrets about having done something like that and
1: it's gonna resonate and even like yeah. you said even if it only resonates with you what we don't talk, people don't talk about this i don't think even if you're the only one that the message resonates with you're someone of value
0: yeah maybe that's enough yeah. maybe that's enough
1: so i want to touch on what what you've talked about with your father, because you, you mentioned yeah. that as a pivotal moment, which it really was, and it must have been a huge experience, and I'm sure you're still processing, and probably will, as we do yeah. with big things like that for a while. I know he was a big influence on your life, and also how we learn and navigate through life we get from our parents, and I know for, for you, yeah. your father was a big influence in that way as well, about how you walked through life uh, yeah. at times. I would love for you to talk about that experience and how it relates to expectations which you mentioned earlier as a child and how that relates to being talented because that's something that yeah that I know you want to that's important to talk about and also the expectations yeah. in black families which is yeah. extremely high pressure, high stress and and a lot less if not any room for error. I'd love for you to explain what it was like growing up for yeah. you. With that level of expectation, and I'm going to throw in a disclaimer here, because before you answer that, I, I just think I need to say this for my white community, which is that our black friends are not responsible to explain that experience to us. The question that I'm asking is based on a conversation that you and I had, Brandon, that came up in context of this personal growth journey of yours and you agreed to share it here for us again thank you for doing that and to give context to your story so that being said this space and this conversation can be a resource and can be a way for people to learn more without putting the responsibility on the people that we know in our lives to do it for us and um, obviously if someone is sharing with you just be a good listener and let that be what it is and I'm trusting that people that are listening right now know the difference and know what I'm trying to say and what I mean by that. But I do think it's important to to say, especially with awareness being raised at the moment for the first time for some people. So I just want to say that um, again, do you mind sharing what it was like growing um, up?
0: Absolutely. I'm happy to share. And I will just consider this a way that I can pay it forward to people for the sake of solidarity's purposes. I've always been somebody that believes that regardless of the, race and gender that we all experience, there are some commonalities that connect us all. And I've seen that over time, but there are some things that are fundamental differences. And I think that we're all just starting to discover that there are fundamental differences between each and every person and especially between uh, the disparity of race. And there is a difference. And so I'd be happy to explain that because just for the sake of, of solidarity, because there's just some things that we often just miss and we don't understand. We don't understand. So, and then also I like to talk about me. You feel me? Like me is one of my favorite subjects out there. <laughs> so let's am like, you know, since, <laughs> since, since, since we talking about me, I mean, shoot, let's do it. Uh,
1: I mean, it's, it's um, not, not part of your journey, you yeah, know?
0: It's, I mean, it is a part of my journey. That's so. Exactly.
1: Yeah. That's my point. Like it's, it, yeah. it's part, it's part of your story. So uh, yeah, it's part of your yeah. stories.
0: And if it happens to serve the benefit of solidarity between the people, then Hey, let's do it. All right. So my dad was a very, he was a, he, he cared very much in my life. And I always will give him credit for being, being a father and being a parent. He was a very present parent in a lot of ways. And he was very reliable and very trustworthy in a lot of ways. But he was also a very hard man. He was not somebody that, he took, the way, what, what happened really was, is that I grew up an only child. Mm -hmm. and because i was an only child i had all the expectations of my family placed upon me which meant my dad saw me as the way that he could prove to himself and to his family that he was not a failure so he saw me as his redeeming moment his his shining star i was his greatest success to him and so he felt a sense of unhealthy ownership in my life Mm. and he felt that he needed to cultivate my skill sets in life more than he needed to express love to me in the way that I needed he felt that it was more important for me to survive than for me to be loved and he was just like if you can survive I want to make sure my son can survive everything and he can be talented he can figure out the rest on his own And that was just kind of his philosophy about things. What happened over time was, as a child, as a young child, I started to realize that I had a lot of talents. And you know, at the expense of kind of you can you can say that it kind of sounds pretentious, but I have a lot of talents. I can't sometimes feel like I don't barely even go another month or so without discovering something else that i learned how to do and i'm just like oh i guess i can do that too and people are like well why are you why are you not grateful for that first of all talents are fantastic they're amazing but they also come with responsibility they can there's also a level that they can they can very well come with the level of accountability that comes for each and every talent that you get and the more talented you are in many cases people recognize you less for the person you are and more for the talent that you have can you, which is why you have can you dig so into what, what, that a
1: little bit and just, yeah. yeah
0: and so I will dig in that in my personal life as a child I found myself able to act and I was really I was a talented actor even as like a little boy and I would I had like no fear as a little boy going on stage and doing performances and stuff like that and even at my elementary school people would like applaud and I'd have like all the audiences applauding and stuff for the little plays and stuff that I would do and my dad was was always kind of obsessed with the idea of me being successful, and as a kid, it ended up panning out into me being in the professional acting world. I, I had gotten involved in it. I started to make money in that world, but what happened was, is my dad began to start putting a lot of pressure and expectations on me, so he started to press me to be great and he, he he pressed me really hard. He would he would pick me up, you know, for times with auditions and stuff like that. And then he would press me to be great. He would always be you know, he would, you know, yell at me about how I need to do this right, how I need to do that right, and how I'd better get it right when I went in there and how I'd better make sure that I did this and I did that and he would, you know, he'd be more involved in my process than I was. And there was a particular point in which I was picked to be young Simba in the Lion King, and the, li- I the Broadway was, show. The as Lion in king. the Broadway, as in the Broadway show, the Lion King. To clarify, as in the the one that goes on tour, as in I have seen the inside of the Pantages and it is a whole lot bigger than people think it is, wow. and it's big enough for you to get lost in. I've, so I, and also as in I can still sing. I just can't wait to be king as of today because we had to sing it thousands of times. It's very interesting because that particular play bothered me as a child because my worst fear as a kid was seeing my dad die. And I was terrified of that. And I remember when Simba and uh, Simba it, the linchpin of the entire movie show. Everything is Simba what trying to wake Mufasa up after Mufasa gets killed by Scar mm-hmm. and it's the linchpin of everything. So when they picked me to do that scene, they were basically saying that as if I'm going to be young Simba, I'm going to have to relive that scene Every time I get up there, hundreds of times, in front of hundreds of people, all the time, traveling around the world, reliving this scene, I was terrified of doing that. I hated the idea, and I did everything I could to sabotage myself being picked. And my dad was over the moon at the idea that I could be Young Simba in The Lion King. And I tried to tell him through the years, Dad, I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. And all I wanted was my parents to say, hey, um... Son, we just want to let you know that no matter what is going on in your life or whatever you feel is going on, we care more about you than we do about the the play. And I tried to explain it to my dad, even as a kid. And I said, Dad, I really don't want to do this because um, I've always felt afraid of you dying. And his response was, well, boy, it ain't like I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be in the audience. So, you know, I'm not going to be dead. I don't really see what the problem is. I didn't end up fully getting picked. And the only reason I didn't get picked was because my parents couldn't afford to go on tour. I was the third of one of three people that they had already pre-decided. And the woman had decided on me. Mm -hmm. She just wanted me to make sure that my parents could afford to go on tour. And they couldn't. Mm -hmm. So they didn't pick me. And I remember just begging whatever God was out there. Don't let them pick me. And when I finally sat aside, I remember trying to explain it to my mom trying to explain it to everybody. And they were just like, I don't see the problem. You know, it's the Lion King. You know, you can get over an experience like that and just be rich be successful. And I remember being in the car with my dad and this was the linchpin moment. I spoke, I was like with my dad and he was arguing with me about something involving acting. And I suddenly looked at him. I said, this isn't even about me, is it? And this is like 12 years old. I said, this isn't about me. This is about you. And he said, you are God right. It is. It is about me. And he looked me dead in my eye and said, this is about me. Not talking about, I mean, he's talking about himself. He said, this is about him. This is about his success. He said, do you know what it means for me to be able to see my son as an actor on TV? Because I grew up in a world where there were no black people on TV. There were no black kids on TV. It was a pipe dream for me to even think that there would be black kids on TV. And I get to see my own son on TV? This is about me. And it broke my heart that day Mm -hmm. that my dad was so focused on a trauma that he had experienced that he was unable to see his son in that moment. All he saw was an opportunity to prove to his family, and even to a greater extent, the generational trauma in his life, that he was worth something. This is what we talk about, what I talk about, when I say that there are unspoken pressures. And I want to say this to anybody that is interested in solidarity, and I mean this with respect, every person experiences trauma in their life. Every person's trauma is valuable. Every person has experienced hardship. But there is a certain level of hardship that comes within black families that is ingrained. That will always be, no matter how much hardship you have experienced, a black child in your same situation will experience two to three times as much as you do. Simply because of the generational trauma that has been passed down within his or her life. My dad, in many cases, I can tell you that my dad prepared me for the reality that not if, but when, I would be experiencing some form of racism. There was a reality that I had to know how to behave myself around cops because they weren't, according to him, my friends, and they could not be my friends. My dad would oftentimes tell me stories about how he couldn't even drive in Beverly Hills as a young kid in the 60s because he would get pulled over just for being black. So for him, this was a reality. And for me, he was trying to make sure that I understood the world that I was going to live in. And for him, it took priority that me as a young black kid would survive in this world as opposed to actually living life. And that is a fundamental difference between myself and a member of a community that is not black or a person of color.
1: Thank you. Thank you for saying that and for showing, shining some light on your story and the insight to your transformation that you're still experiencing now. And, and the transformations that led up to this one, I think it's really important to talk about. And I love that you're in this sort of, to me, you're in an inspirational space. Like what you're doing is inspiring people. Well, It
0: feels really good to hear
1: You're definitely doing that And you're showing You're making space You're making room And you're making room for Conversations like this You're making room for me You're making room for People who Maybe have never heard Someone talk about this stuff So In such a raw way I mean And I mean that well Rock and sound weird, but yeah. Yeah. No, like, no,
0: I get where you're coming from. You come talking about vulnerable and, and yeah. real. I get where you're coming yeah, from. It's yeah. It's on,
1: it's really honest. Yeah. And sometimes you you talk when you're really in an uncomfortable moment and that's yeah. hard to do. I don't know yeah. that I, I don't know that I'm brave enough yet to even do that. <laughs> and, and it takes, it's, it's very brave. It really is. Thank you. Okay. So all that said, can you share with us something that if someone wants to discover themselves or lean into this authentic authenticity or some or their own truth, how how would they begin or what has really worked for you? What what's your practice that you can share?
0: That's what's up. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a really good one. The main thing that I started doing, because again, I I, I discovered most of the stuff on my own just by taking time to be self aware. So what what has worked for me, especially with feeling, is I will sit maybe with myself on a bed. Now, sometimes I'll set a timer. It might even be for 30 seconds. It might be for one minute or whatever. And I will do my utmost to allow whatever feelings are in my body to show up. So whatever those feelings are, if I'm feeling anxious and my first move is to, you know, let let me go grab some candy or something like that to dull the feeling. My first move is I'll say, before I do that, I'm going to set the timer for one minute and I'm going to allow myself to feel whatever feelings come up. Even if I can't feel them without judgment, I'll let myself feel them and try to identify them. Where is it in the body? Is it in my lower body? Is it like a burning feeling? Is it a, a ting, a tanginess in my mouth? What is it? That is my main practice for sitting with my feelings. And it doesn't have to be that long, but just the awareness helps a lot with just identifying your feelings.
1: That is huge. That's such a great exercise.
0: Thank you. And again, that's one of those things that I, I, I just figured it out. I just was like, you know what, this might be a thing that works. And let me try that.
1: And the fact that you discovered that by yourself on your own, and you're so young. I have, can I share your age?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: you're only you just turned thirty. Yeah, and you've been doing. Like, I met you before, so twenty nine, I think. Yeah, I
0: think I was maybe 28 twenty eight or twenty eight, twenty nine.
1: Yeah, and and to see the the level of work you're doing on your own is so impressive. And uh, ahead, you're just you. way ahead of the game. It's, and on top of that, like, no judgment, but I think in my experience or my own observation, men tend to find it a little bit later. If they're, no, that's true. If they're looking, and that's true, and and it's just really impressive that you're doing this kind of work for yourself and essentially for others. You doing this is paying it forward.
0: Yes, and that's actually then just to just to you know make everything try to wrap everything up in a in a package. Just simply because I said a lot of things. I was asked once, "What's most important for me?" What like someone asked me, "How could?" I pay it forward to people of color. And I said, this is how you do it, what you're doing right now. I said, you're talking to somebody of color. Don't look for the expansive. I want to reach a 1,000 people by donating. Start with the people you know. Give them resources to things that you know. And then you will empower them to pay it forward to people that they know. Yeah. Everything I do, I don't have to seek other black people to do this. Other black people will see me doing this and then they will know and begin to understand that there's another way that they don't have to follow the generational patterns that have been and it will empower people to do so. I don't have to do anything to pay it forward other than be my most authentic self and choose to give it. And that's the, that's the whole message. That's the story. Oh,
1: I love that. That was such a great note to end on. Thank you for that. That was just so succinct and lovely and and exactly I love that I love everything about that I'm not gonna say anything more other than what's next for you and are you working on anything
0: so right now I'm doing a lot of refining I'm doing some refining of my show I found my rhythm and uh, mostly I've been just doing my show I finally have I feel like I have the time now to really dig deep so mostly it's just been emotional work working on my show and I I involve myself with different areas there are some some external post production related projects I do post production too so for, I do for uh, video, video right? editing video editing I do video editing and I have a, a a ministry that I work with it's not really a religious ministry but it's just people that pray and so sometimes I'll be we'll, we we do calls where we just pray for an hour, and it's people of all races and all colors and stuff. So uh, we have our uh, we just call it the Real Prayer Movement, and I'm I'm just a part of that. So that's something that I do on the side. It's just a Zoom call, and it goes Monday through Fridays. It's through um it's a it's a nighttime call from like 10 to 11, and anybody is welcome. It doesn't really matter whatever your race religion faith it doesn't has no matter people just people coming together to pray okay so yeah it's from from 10 to 11 and I I do that kind of like as a side thing but mostly in my personal life I've been focusing on what does what do what am I going to do with the talents that I've been given and the insight and self-awareness that I've been given what am I going to do with that and so the main thing is I want to do It's Pay It Forward. So we'll see where that goes from there. But mostly, it's been about the show.
1: I love it. That's great. And where can people find you?
0: So you guys can find me on Instagram. I post uh, pretty often at Pay It Forward Radio. Uh, My show is also Pay It Forward Radio. So you can also find me at Pay It Forward Radio. I'm on Apple Music. I'm on Spotify. I'm on uh, Pandora. I'm on pretty much all of the main streaming sites. Uh, You can also find me streaming live. There's a link in my... My bio on my Instagram page. Uh, my friend has an internet radio website, and it's called Edom Rocks Radio, and he has an internet radio website. So he streams his shows and different music, and my show is also streaming on there. Okay. So that link is in the bio of my Instagram, and pretty much anytime you look up Brandon Wade of or pay, or, or pay It Forward, Brandon Wade, you will probably find me. There's another Brandon Wade that owns a dating website, and he's Asian, and it's not I me. I saw that. That is that is a dude this uh, that does uh, that does seeking around Arrangements, and I promise you, that's not me. I, I mean, I respect him for his grind, but that's not me.
1: I saw that and I was <laughs> like, oh, this guy is all yeah. over the web.
0: <laughs> he is, he is definitely out there. And I, I say, I can't knock your hustle, big dog, but that's not me. <laughs> but so, so you'll see my face just pretty much on anything that is related to Pay It Forward. So that's, that's pretty much what I'm I'm doing. But this has been a great experience.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's, it was one of the best conversations i appreciate you yeah
0: yeah i love i'm so happy that you uh invited me on here and that you were talking about this topic i say you wanted to talk about authenticity man we could i could i could have gone another hour so i appreciate you for taking the time out
1: thank you thank you brandon
0: you're very welcome
1: thank you for listening to be Bold begin don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so as not to miss an episode Due to the unusual circumstances, our release schedule will not be set to a specific day currently. So the best way to ensure you get all the new episodes is by subscribing. Help us build a positive community by joining the Facebook group, also called Be Bold Begin. I'll be checking it daily to answer and acknowledge any of your questions and comments. Stay positive and safe out there. Season two of Be Bold Begin is brought to you by the free Podcasting for Abundance course called Be the Leading Podcast Voice in Your Niche, how to use the principles of abundance as a tool. You can find the free course by creating a login and signing in on our website, AvantHouseMedia.com or ahmcreate.com. This course is all about how to podcast from a place of abundance. And what does that mean? To be a leader in your niche, you have to feel like a leader and have the mindset of a leader. We'll explore some tools and how to access the feelings of abundance to stay in that empowerment state and to speak and create from your authentic self. After all, podcasting is all about truth and authenticity. It's such an intimate experience for the listener that truth and authenticity is a necessity. So this course is meant to help you get in touch with that or stay in touch with it, depending on where you are on your journey. And whether you're a podcaster or not, these exercises can be beneficial for anyone who's creating something and can be applied at any time during your process or even just your daily life. It's a great way to do some self care and to explore your power and truth during this time of uncertainty. We all have a little more time right now, so let's try and use it in ways that will benefit us now and after this period. Give it a try, it's totally free. Just go to avanthousemedia.com or ahmcreate.com and create your login and the course will be there waiting for you.